Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the opportunity to worship and giving. And now as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts that we will grow thereby. Father, we just thank you and honor you for this opportunity to speak to your people. And we thank you for all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are into our second episode of our series entitled Buzzwords. If you are paying attention, you will know what this buzzword is. The gospel is good news when you understand the bad news. We spend so much time talking about the benefit, but we don't give people the reason that they should see it as a benefit. Now, has the power of the gospel changed how you see yourself and others? So we're going to look at the gospel, and it pushes us to understand the depth of our need for salvation. Salvation is a gift per se, but there is a need for salvation. If you remember last week, we talked about the Trinity being revealed. This week, our title is Gospel's Good News. Gospel's Good News. Our first definition is buzzword. Buzzword is noted as a Harvard student slang for the key words in a lecture or reading. We only have one other uh, definition because this one is a long one. The other definition is gospel. The gospel is the history of the birth, life, actions, death, resurrection, ascension, and doctrines of Jesus Christ. Or a revelation of the grace of God to fallen man through a mediator, including the character, actions, and doctrines of Christ. And the whole scheme of salvation as revealed by Christ and his apostles. This is the definition from the very first dictionary by Noah Webster in 1828. Let's jump into the scripture so that we can see how this all plays out. We're going to be in Romans, the seventh chapter, starting at the seventh verse. And we're going to be reading all the way through to Romans 8th chapter, the first verse. This is the English Standard Version, and it says, What then shall we say, that the law is sin? By no means, yet it had not, if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would have not have known what it is to covet, if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetedness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me and through it killed me. So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh sold under sin. 
For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Verse 16 says, Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Verse 20. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. 23. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. 24. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind but my flesh I serve the law of sin. Romans 8 verse number 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will rest upon our hearts in Jesus' name. This is a... part of the letter that Paul had sent to the Romans to help them to understand how complex and simple simultaneously this all is. And so in this we see the gospel is proclaimed. The the word gospel actually has this, this, this uh, connotation of a good tiding, a, a something that's good that's going to happen. It, 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 it just implies that this is an announcement of goodness and all that goodness can have in it. But it's not just for one group of people. It is for everyone. The good news is for everyone, but everyone don't accept the good news. So what we have to look at is, in order to understand the gospel, we must first look at why we need good news. And in this... uh, reading that we just did, we, 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 we see how Paul keeps saying our intention is good, but within us dwells this desire to be not good. That is something that we have to struggle with and we have to wrestle with. And the thing is that we cannot defeat it within ourselves. That we want to obey God's laws, his 
his uh, precepts, his principles, but every time I want to do right, I keep on doing left. Because I just cannot, for the sake of me, do the right thing. And he ends up saying, who can save me from this situation that I'm in, this, this predicament that I'm in? Who can do this? No one but Jesus. And that's why he goes on to say, now, because you're in Christ, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You're not condemned if you're in Christ Jesus. Sometimes when, when we talk about sin, people kind of in their minds shut it off because they think it's, it's, it's this fault-pointing thing. But no, this is a recognition of deficiency so that we can do the trace we can face it, we can trace it, then we can erase it so that we can go in a greater or proper direction. It's this internal war that we're fighting, and we want to make sure that we are winning based upon our relationship of in Christ Jesus. Sorry. We know that the law is material. We know that the law is based upon these temporal things and us, our humanness, we are spiritual. But we, 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 we cannot be controlled by sin if we understand our actions. But sometimes we don't understand our actions, so although we run into a complication. So... Paul is trying to say, therefore, I do, not, I do what I want instead of the things that I hate. I do what I want. I, I know I'm not supposed to eat the cookie before dinner, but I want the cookie now, so I'm going to go ahead and eat it. And then, because I left some crumbs on the counter, now the, the question comes up to me, who ate the cookie? And I look and say... I don't know because I don't want to get in trouble. Look straight ahead. Nobody know I'm talking about you. And if, if you realize that once you start transgressing, the transgressions keep adding up. Then you, have to, then you tell a lie that you didn't eat the cookie. Then you have to remember the lie that you told so that next time you get asked, you don't get yourself tripped up and be in trouble for lying, then you start getting nervous that they're going to find out you're lying, then you get all stressed out, and then you say something crazy to get yourself in trouble, and then you're just wondering why am I always in trouble? And I heard it said, somebody said, just tell the truth. But that's not how our mind wants to operate. Our mind wants to operate in a way that it is trying to uh, defeat the system that's already set up, the, the system that is already established. We, I got to work around it. We're always looking for the loophole. But if we are in Christ Jesus, we don't have to worry about loopholes because when we are in Christ Jesus, we are complete in him. So 
the thing that Paul is, 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 is pointing out to us is the fact that we cannot save ourselves from this. This is a problem. We, we don't have the ability to keep ourselves. We don't have the ability to cause ourselves to, ex, to uh, exceed, uh, succeed because we are our own worst problem. We have to bring something in to assist us on how to overcome the situation that we're going through. <coughs> we, we, we have no uh, uh, desire to do the right thing. It just seems like we always want to do what's wrong. But because of Jesus, we now have hope. We now have the good news that we can have victory over sin. And that's why Paul brings out there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so when we look at this letter and we read uh, the letter as it was written, it wouldn't be two separate chapters. It would just be one letter. And so it would just, Paul is just going on and saying, there is therefore no condemnation. After I said all these things about how powerful uh, sin is and how it always is trying to pull me, that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Jesus is not condemning you for your sin. He is there to give you victory over your sin by giving you a different mindset about how you deal with your sin. And that is... The good news is that sin has no longer power over you, no longer has domination over you, no longer has control of you when you are in Christ Jesus and following after Jesus' example and his directions. And so he slaps, once you are in Christ Jesus, he he puts this term on, a legal term on you, no condemnation. And it, is a, it means it's a courtroom ruling. It means that you have been summoned before the judge, the, the charges have been read, the evidence has been presented, and the judge declares you innocent. No condemnation. The reason? Because Jesus has taken the punishment for you on the cross. You are not condemned. You are actually victorious because of Jesus. We are made right with God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Now, despite all the evidence that is showing up, Jesus has become our redeemer and has removed the condemnation of sin from us because of his sacrifice for us. And so, as we move forward in this, as we understand that we within ourselves have a proclivity, have a, have a desire, our, our desires are always to fulfill ourselves and do things for ourselves, which is contrary to the standard that God has established. Once we get into Christ Jesus, we realize that being selfish is not being godly. Let me rewind real quick. 
Being selfish is not being godly. Let me rewind real quick. Being selfish is not being godly. Because we have to realize that when we only focus on ourselves, when we only do for ourselves, we are not showing the love of God because he says that we are known by the love that we show one towards another. Not how selfish we are or how we only want to take care of ourselves. And so moving to this, and we're almost done today. Moving to this, we, we see that there is all this blackness, this darkness that is a part of our lives based upon sin. But the good news is we don't have to live in the blackness. We don't have to live in the darkness. We don't have to be there because Jesus has taken on the penalty of that blackness and that sin and that separation from God and has now put us at peace with God because of his sacrifice on the cross. Isn't it great to understand and know that even though you're not in the best of positions, God has a way of moving you to a better position. Because of this very thing, that is why the gospel is good news. The good news is that you do not have to stay in the situation, the circumstance, the mindset that you're currently in. God has a way for you to not have to walk through the, down the path of condemnation and feeling bad about your actions. and, and do, You can turn all that over to Jesus. You can turn all that over and God will begin to work a greater work in you so that you can change your mind, which will change your heart, which will change your actions so that you can begin to act in accordance with the word of God. And even if you slip and fall, God is still has a provision for you by which you can make yourself right with him. God is the God of second chances. God is the God of third chances. God is the God of fourth chances and fifth and sixth and seventh, and eighth, and ninth, and tenth. God is not like us that we get tired of people messing up. God still shows mercy and long-suffering and kindness and says, I see you messed up again. I'm still willing to forgive you. I'm still willing to redeem you. I'm still looking to uh, work in your life when you allow me to do that. The good news is that God is there for you. And his desire is for you to walk in the power of his love for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, we always hear the fact of, of the gospel and the good news, but a lot of times we get stuck on the benefits of that. Sometimes we have to show the condition 
in order to realize the goodness of the benefit. As we have heard on the, on the videos we saw today that at once we were separated from God because of our sin. Our sin separates us from God, but God has made a bridge, a pathway, a directive by which we can come to him. And that becomes the good news is that we are not stuck where we think we are, but that he has another way, another direction for us to go. With that being said, if you have not made the decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is as good a day as any. As you have heard the buzzword on the gospel, today is a good day for you to make that decision. The decision is not a hard decision. It is a decision based upon your confession and the condition of your heart. The Bible says it like this. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. And so what it's saying is, you feel that you need Jesus in your life. You confess that you need Jesus in your life. And then you begin the process of Jesus working in your life. It also says, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because Jesus wants to take you from a life of sin and death to a life of revelation and life. He wants to relieve you of all the anguish and pain that you're going through and show you how you can live life and life more abundantly. Now, this is the thing. You make that decision today. We will not leave you out there hanging. This is not an individual sport. This is a team event. We all come together in order to get this done. And so you make this decision today. We want you to contact us and let us know about your decision. You can email us at info at godshousecc.com or you can test us at 864-920-0100. We will get that information. We will contact you. We will help you and assist you along this journey because that is what our desire to do is, is to assist you along this journey. Well, friends and family, that's episode number two. The gospel good news is that Jesus does not condemn you, but he does redeem you. Amen. And we want to walk and operate in that in Jesus' name. And we want to come back for episode number three next week. And in episode number three, we are going to be discussing propitiation. And I'll explain to you what that is next week when you show up. Propitiation and all that that entails. That's a word that's said in the Bible, said in the church, and you just sitting there saying amen and don't even know what it means. But we're going to take care of that next week. All right? Well, until next week, God's blessings be upon you. In Jesus' name.